We are all unique, and how each of us moves through life by working with the unseen, spiritual parts of us looks different. If one way you access support is through books, and you haven't tried the Soulquake Survival Guide yet, today's a great day to try it before you buy it. Head to the show notes where I have a link for you to receive a free PDF of the first chapter. Enjoy the first chapter, and if you love it, you can find it on Amazon Worldwide in paperback, audio, and ebook. Your journey matters, my friend, and reviving your connection to spirit in earth-shaking times can be a game changer. Through unique sharings from amazing souls around the world that will help you feel more inner freedom, clear direction, and inner strength to do what you have come to do, Enthusiastically Spiritual's mission is to help inspire more enthusiasm for you to follow through with your heart's desires. Welcome back to Enthusiastically Spiritual. I'm your host, Teresa. While we exist here on the planet, we all experience duality. This duality shows up all around us like day and night, sadness, happiness, depressed, enthusiastic, and many, many other ways and forms. My guest today has expressed and embraced dualities through his torn between two world books. And he is here today to shed light on how to increase your spiritual strength and increase your resistance to the negativity that you are subjected to. His name is Sean Murphy. Sean received his Bachelor of Science degree in aerospace engineering from the University of Minnesota in 1982, while working part-time as a machinist for Ramar Engineering. While working part-time as an engineer for General Dynamics Fort Worth Division, he completed his Master of Engineering from the University of Texas at Arlington in 1985 and his Master in Business Administration from Texas Christian University in 1989. Following the stroke of his 20-year-old daughter, Sean was inspired to write the trilogy, Torn Between Two Worlds. Since then, he has been actively blogging on Quora, where he has been able to assist many on their spiritual path. Following the successful launch of his most recent book, Sean has become a spiritual consultant to assist others with their spiritual growth. Welcome, Sean. Thank you so much, Teresa. It's uh, wonderful to be here today, and you know, I'm very excited to explore these uh, topics that have you know, come to me through many journeys in my life. Well, I would love for you at first just to share a little bit about you and your spiritual journey with the listeners. Well, thank you. You know, as, as you're reading my biography, um, you can see I always worked and studied throughout my entire life, uh, really starting at a very young age. Um, and I've continued that, you know, ever since. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I run uh, two different businesses, but uh, I spend the same amount of time studying as I did when I was in college. Um, so I'm always active, active learning. And one of the most important things that I've studied throughout my life is myself. Um, I've been on many journeys of, of self-discovery. And this is how I end, ended my, uh, my latest book. Is it's the greatest uh, study that I think anybody can do, is understand better who they are, um, understand your talents, understand your your shadows, um, your weaknesses, mm-hmm. and concentrate on on growing your gifts 
to their fullest potential. And be just be just being aware of your of your weaknesses. Um, a very good friend of mine said, and I use this quote a lot. He said, "If we spend all of our time trying to overcome our weaknesses, the best we can ever be is mediocre. Mm. But if we spend that same time furthering our gifts, we can become extraordinary." Love that so much. <laughs> So I started, I had my first spiritual awakening when I was 14. Um, I grew up in a very strict uh, Catholic household and I'm an engineer. I have a very logical mind. And I just said, if, if God made this, then I should be able to understand what these people are telling me. And the first part of my, my journey was trying to understand um, religion. Um, I had studied 18 different religions by the time I was out of college um, and kind of gave up the journey there because uh, I, I came away with the, the impression of uh, this um, elephant and the blind man. And, you know, the, the truth is the elephant. And then you have all these blind men which are the religions that have a little piece of the truth, but a completely different understanding. One thinks it's a, it's a snake. One thinks it's a, it's a wall. One thinks it's a tree. Um, and that's the, the view that I've taken all along. And it's, it's one that uh, has allowed me to really open up my heart to, to everybody. There's, there's nobody I don't talk to. There's nobody I don't love. Uh, because we're all part of the same truth. Totally agree you with that. <laughs> you met, yes. You mentioned in my my uh, biography also, um, you know, five years ago, my 20-year-old my daughter um, had a stroke, and um, this was a very interesting experience for our family. I say it's interesting because the the impact it had on me is my daughter lost her ability to speak. It was a stroke in her uh, speech center. Um, I came home from the hospital. I sat down on my computer, and in six months, I wrote three books. Wow. I gained my voice when she lost her voice. Hmm. Um, and these... These three books, you know, they came with me into this life. They, they just came Part of very, it. very easily. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as you said, you know, I, I went out um, trying to publicize uh, my work, and I found this this wonderful platform, Quora. I, I say it's wonderful because it's the only platform today where where people aren't broadcasting, you know, their monotone uh, ideas. It's a, it's a question and answer. People are asking questions. People are answering questions. Nice. Um, and it's a very, very good platform for people searching, you know, especially in our world today where there's a, there's a lot of uh, monotone voices out there, um, but people have questions. Um, and, and as I was 
um, answering questions in spirituality and religion and, and history on Cora, uh, I came across a, a, a lot of people struggling with uh, mental illness. Um, and they realize, as, as I did, uh, that most mental illness is, is of a spiritual nature. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in, in the world of modern medicine, my, my wife had a uh, valve replacement surgery done. And the uh, <clears throat> cardiologist told her that the success rate is 97% of this surgery. I mean, modern medicine's great in, in the mechanical areas, mm-hmm. but what psychiatrist will give you a ninety-seven percent chance of being cured from mental illness? Right? Not many, because <laughs> uh, because they don't have the right tools. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know the the book that I wrote talks about all the various. Um, entities and energies that can cause us to be depressed, cause us to uh, commit suicide, mm-hmm. uh, cause us to hear voices. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a big, big world out there in the spiritual world. There's a lot more of them than there are of us. <laughs> and I'm filled with chills when you say that, Sean. <laughs> People forget that, uh, you know, the reason that science hasn't been able to analyze the spiritual world, and I'm a scientist from my background, is because you're you're a blind man trying to analyze a sentient being um, and do, do tests on it. You, you can't. You have no idea who's who's talking to you what their motives are, what their um, allegiances are. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of people working in this spiritual space nowadays that don't realize how many mischievous spirits there are out there misleading them. Yeah, I go to a lot of um, metaphysical and psychic and paranormal events, shows, expos. And I am, I often am very flabbergasted as to how much other people out there who are sharing their skills or services are unaware of exactly what you're saying, Sean, because the work that I do with my husband with TNT Spirit Works, we work with what we call confused energy or confused souls. And these are souls that have, have, are between the worlds and different, you know, different levels and different variations. And they are everywhere affecting many of us especially those that are very unaware. And like you said, the bipolar, the depression is so prevalent in society because there's so much energy. I'm not saying that's all of it, but to, I believe it's 99.9% of it, honestly. Well, yes. Yeah, it is. Um, the, I, I just, I get so frustrated um, with this point because you know, I've, I've had done a lot of interviews since this uh, recent book was released and met a lot of, of these uh, practitioners that you're talking about. And, and they're very passionate because they've gone through a life experience 
that woke them up, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, you know, they're, what they're doing is is interesting. It's great. But they haven't addressed themselves yet. Mm-hmm. But they're out trying to help others, mm-hmm. but they haven't addressed themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said at the beginning that the most important thing that, that um, I tell people to do is figure out what's happening in your life. What are the impacts on your life? Um, mm-hmm. Clean up your own house before you try and help somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I started helping people after my fifth spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I started writing about it after my fourth. Um, but that's that's who I am. I'm 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 reserved. I'm not somebody who goes out and you know screams from the highest mountain. It took that long, mm-hmm. but I think by the time I started helping others, uh, my my spiritual self was I was perfect. But I I understand my my shadows. I understand my darkness, um, and when I when it pops up, I'm aware of it. I don't don't let it clobber me from behind. And that's really important. And I, to me, as you're talking about that, and other people out in the world doing their services, spiritual services, and things, what I've noticed is that the people that, of course, we're all different levels of consciousness, right? We're all different, unique vibrations, different places. We've had different experiences this lifetime, many other lifetimes. And so people that will resonate with someone won't resonate with me, the clarity or where they're at. And so I I oftentimes, that's why I look at all the different variations of people out, you know, exploring and sharing spirituality and what they're doing in the world. And it's great that there are so many people at different levels. I agree with you, though, that, I mean, there's an understanding that needs to be really understood at this level of what we're really experiencing energetically and with the confused energy and souls and whatever you want to call them being possessed, whatever, you know, that definition is for, you know, for you and I and the listeners, but, but there are different levels and and that consciousness out there. And so it's meeting people. So the people I see that I, I will just say are not that clear with where they're at energetically people that aren't clear and are in the place are meeting them. So like, it's all a resonance too, which I know you understand, but, um, but there's definitely a call. And especially now where, yes, there is so much confusion on the planet and and souls that um, people have no idea, no idea. (laughs) I mean, it's almost like mind boggling that, you know, my God, it's, they're everywhere and people have no idea. They're just being in, you know, um, in interacting with and they're being affected by. So let's talk a little bit about that, about, um, is this what you call spiritual afflictions or is that a different, a different thing? No, no. Uh, it's spiritual afflictions is a, is a, is a large area, right? Um, when there are spiritual energies created by, um, by people. Okay. Um, and if you've seen uh, Dr. Emoto's work, for example, he demonstrates the, the impact of, of thought and, and emotion on the material world, on, on water. Um, so the, those energies, you know, um, that you can, you can just be walking through the neighborhood and, and people are they're, they're jealous of you, you know, they're envious of you. 
and that has power that and that can just kind of sit on top of you and you carry that home with you into your house and if you don't if you're not conscious of that that you can build up this negative energy in your house mm-hmm. um and it and it what it does is it makes people short-tempered mm-hmm. right um and it builds up and it it can cause just negative uh actions of the people living there I mean that's one spiritual affliction it's in in, in my book I give various ways on, on dealing with that um, just regular rituals that you can use and, and bring positive energy in, into your life um, emotos uh, how to water process is a very good way to deal, deal with that um, mm-hmm. and just consciously thinking positive energy mm-hmm. of of joy, of gratitude, you know, of love that can negate that negative energy. The <clears throat> other spiritual afflictions um, are from sentient spiritual beings. Okay? Negative energy is just not sentient. It's just there. It just causes issues, right? <laughs> but the, the sentient ones are uh, sometimes the most difficult um, because they have a reason to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, the one of the my book was dedicated to uh, Will, and I tell a story in, in my book about his affliction, which is a past life affliction. Mm-hmm of um, vengeful spirits who followed him into this life. Mm -hmm. And he was treated for many years as as a schizophrenic. Mm -hmm. Um, As you know, schizophrenia um, occurs in the 20s. Schizophrenia does occur in in childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a spiritual law behind that. Mm -hmm. So you don't you don't take revenge on children. You take a revenge on adults. Ooh, filled with chills on that. And it's interesting too, because that's when bipolar shows up. Yeah. It shows up right in your twenties, early twenties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's when you pass into adulthood and you start um, paying your dues as it were mm-hmm. from a spiritual standpoint. And, and these, these are sentient beings who have an axe to grind. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're very hard to get rid of. People call them demons because that's the picture they have from, you know, The Exorcist and, and other, other movies that this is an evil spirit. There are those too, but the worst ones are the ones who have the right to extract revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're the hardest to get rid of. But I've, in, in, again, in my book, I've got a number of different strategies for, for dealing with it. It's, there's not a quick fix. There's not a pill that's going to get rid of it. And that's what many schizophrenics have, have come to realize, that, that the pills don't help. Um, but by working on ourselves again and, and raising our own 
vibration level, we can resist these vengeful spirits better. Mm -hmm. um, I won't say we can get rid of them. Um, the only way you can get rid of them is get them to forgive you. And what we say in the work that I do is that um, once they're done with me, uh, my food and lodging, they'll go find someone else unless they go off. <laughs> well, so it's that food and lodging thing. But but those are more the um, what I call the uh, lost spirits mm -hmm. um, who are there for a different reason. They're. Um, I think the, the movie Ghost had a, a very good example of the, mm -hmm. the ghost with a cigarette, right? Mm -hmm. They're looking to satisfy an addiction, mm -hmm. whether it's alcohol, drugs, uh, cigarettes, sex. Mm -hmm. um, they are molesting people to try and satisfy their, their urge. Mm -hmm. And so they, you know, they prey on drunks, they pay on, uh, you know, drug addicts to encourage them to do more, right? And so that they can partake in the, in the spiritual aspect of, of the spirits. Mm -hmm. um, and it, there is a, a, a spiritual um, energy in all of these uh, alcohol and drugs and so forth that the spirits can partake in. A good friend of mine has spent her life um, conversing with the dead. Mm -hmm. um, she's a, a clairvoyant, and and I remember when she first got her gift about twenty five years ago. Um, she was always questioning why why are these why are they all coming to me? You know, mm -hmm. what do they want with me? Mm -hmm. But um, she started publishing some of her work here recently. But what, what she said is the, the biggest complaint that the, the lost spirits or the um, past spirits that she has talked to for the last 25 years is that they don't teach us. They never told us what's going to happen. They never told us what the afterlife is going to look like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows. Um, it's funny. She was she was writing she was writing uh, a story. She was on the train, and uh, you know this spirit said, "What are you doing?" So uh, you know, telling telling a story about you know the spiritual world. He said, "Nobody's going to read it. Nobody's going to believe it." Wow. <laughs> like yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Most people aren't going to believe it. Yeah. But but the, the the viewpoint is there. The ones who did believe it didn't didn't hang around, right? Mm -hmm. The ones who yeah. the ones who are lost because they they weren't prepared. They didn't know what they should be doing. Mm -hmm. um, they're the ones who hang around. Mm -hmm. So, Sean, how did you come to this realization about this? Because for myself, I went and did a spiritual um, like a, a camp one summer in 2017, and I was guided to go to this what we called trans healing work. And it was all about releasing and, and sending back, you know, souls that we've either known in previous incarnations or that are around us or whatever. Right. But before that, I didn't know I'd been doing spirit mediumship. I've been doing trans healing work, channel work. And so I had no idea. So what 
what brought you to this? Because this is a whole other level of spirituality. I mean, seriously, this is like, you know, a high level of understanding of what really energetically is going on on the planet. So how did you come about this? Well, I said I've been at it for 48 years. But was uh, there, but was it like literally, one time literally. where like things came out and you're like, what the hell's that? And I, you had an understanding or? No, it's, um, it really came from a, a research standpoint. Like I said, I, I had this logical mind um, and I was trying to understand what happened to religion. So I went back through the history of the church and the churches and so forth. And got back to a place um, for, as, as an engineer and as a scientist, which I found very intriguing. And uh, that place was, you know, in between basically Homer and Socrates, mm-hmm. um, the Ionian Greek culture, mm-hmm. you know, the culture who, who gave us Euclidean <clears throat> Mathematics gave us uh, Pythagorean theorem, gave us uh, the Hippocratic Oath, Mm -hmm. you know, who gave us logic Mm -hmm. and reason. Mm -hmm. And I was intrigued because, you know, as again, as a scientist, that's where Galileo went Mm -hmm. to rediscover um, science. Mm -hmm. It's where Erwin Schrodinger went. Um, when quantum quantum theory came about. And, you know, when you think about it, these are people who lived two and a half, 3,000 years ago. And what they said is still valid today. Mm-hmm. Their theories are still valid. Mm-hmm. And this intrigued me because if you've read Socrates, he's the father of logic. But he talks more about God mm-hmm. and the gods than he does about logic. Okay, and so I, when I moved to to Europe, I discovered this this group who was uh, researching, um, you know these these great minds, um, and came to understand that the the reason why. Pythagoras was able to come up with what he did is because he was a a holistic person, right? He was a musician. He was a a healer, you know, and he understood harmonics and, and through his holistic view of the world, he and others like him started to understand the spiritual laws that go behind the laws of nature. Um, and if, if you understand the spiritual laws and you correlate those with the, the natural laws, then you found something that is, is permanent as, as they did. They, they, they found these uh, really basic laws of nature at that time. And I mean that's where that's where it started. Um, but then I, I went to my first spiritual retreat twenty seven years ago, um, 
and I just finished last week my 27th one. I saw those beautiful pictures in Switzerland and <laughs> yeah. Europe. I'm like, oh, are you there right now? <laughs> yes, that's, uh, you know, I've spent a week each year for the last 27 years. Beautiful. Um, uh, talented um, clairvoyance um, with mediums. Uh, one in particular who um, has brought 35 years worth of teachings to this world about the spiritual world mm-hmm. um, and and talked about all these issues of, um, you know, what you bring with you in a, in a past life. Mm-hmm. And it, it all makes very, very clear sense. Um, you know, with, with if, if you know the work of Ian Stevenson, you know, he's, he's demonstrated the physical attributes that one can bring from one life to the next. Mm-hmm. And it, he hasn't expanded it to the, the mental and the spiritual um, attributes that you bring from one life to another. Mm-hmm. But they're there. I mean, he, he showed the physical, but obviously the, the mental and the spiritual also are brought from one life to the next. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty amazing. And I'm sure for a lot of people, hard to understand too, but I no. get it. I told, cause I've had many past life experiences and, you know, things going on in my body and all, all basically I say all realms of my body, you know, body, mind, spirit, and um, in different variations, different places. And I was in Germany my last lifetime, went back over there as a soldier this lifetime and had three years of, I can probably say um, experience a lot of negative energy, a lot of probably energy from that life, other lifetime that was on me because I was drinking and doing all kinds of really um, bad inflicting things upon myself. So yeah, um, it's interesting that how we do bring so much forward into a, you know, a new body when we come back. And the one thing that I focus on in in my book is the relationships we bring with us, mm-hmm. both positive and negative, without a doubt. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's what that's why we're here. That's what we're doing here. Is we're trying to clean up those relationships. We're trying to um, become virtuous again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we say uh, that with a nice smile and a <laughs> little. <laughs> well, no, I, I say that because I, I had this discussion with my wife over the weekend. Um, and and she said to me, what what am I learning in this lifetime? And um, I said to her, well, I've learned nothing but patience in this lifetime. <laughs> and and she knows all the all the things that have happened to me regarding patience. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, but I said, you're, you're learning something different. Um, and you, you've got anger that you have to get rid of. Mm-hmm. And that's important that you get rid of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've had lots of opportunities to, to overcome it. <laughs> over and over, right? <laughs> we don't, we don't learn them. They come back. And it's interesting yes. too, because I know from my husband and I, we've 
been, we've been waiting a couple of lifetimes to come back together. So we've been together maybe two or three lifetimes back and then many other lifetimes too. But, but the things that we brought back into work together on, that's what I think is interesting too, with relationships and the karmic, you know, things. And so a lot of, some of it's cleanup and some of it's just really that where are we at as souls and now moving forward into the work we're here to do and et cetera. So, and everyone's different, like you're saying with your wife and you and, but it is interesting taking that relationship aspect too to that level because that's really what, like you said, we're here to learn and grow. We're here to be in relationships and some of it is clean up. Some of it is expansion, you know, coming together to expand our, our soul's essence. And, um, and, you know, I do believe, like you said at the beginning that, you know, we are, that we are one. We're just different variations, do unique energies, unique vibrations, but you know, what I see in you, I have in me, <laughs> so, you know, well, I mean, that that's the beauty of, of the spiritual world is the is the diversity, the vast, vast diversity, mm-hmm. but yet a oneness, mm-hmm. but completely diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's amazing. It's it's chilling, actually. I mean, it I is. Was, I was I was gifted a, uh, a old soul um, and I. I tell people the greatest mentor I've had in my life is my daughter Mm -hmm. Um, because like the tin man um, she helped me find my heart Mm. among other things Um, and she's she's taught my wife more than than my wife taught her (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I can say the same for me um, but different things uh, and that's that's the interesting part is how we help each other um, because she came here to help us. Mm-hmm. And you all contracted to come together to do whatever healing and understanding yeah. and ex- expansion together. So it's interesting because I've met someone recently I was talking to come try thing where I talked this person at. Oh, it was someone I was interviewing. And so they had this person had a sister that had a son die at 10 and a son die at 21. And so, but they have a bigger spiritual understanding about it. And even the first son that passed on came to them and said, you know, this is the reason why the other son is no longer here and a bigger spiritual picture. So, and they really embrace the fact of, of, you know, energetically what they are learning from that situation, how they all contracted to come in and they look back at the boy's life and say, wow, you know, we saw how much they did in their life because they weren't going to be here very long. So there's Mm -hmm. so, it's so complex, our souls and what we've come to do. And it's, but it's so beautiful too. And in the learning and experiences that we're all here to, to embrace. Yeah. The first, the first thing I wrote in my life that was of any meaning outside of schoolwork um, was on September 17th, 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and it was about the stories that I just heard, you know, people who missed the train, the people's alarm didn't go off, mm-hmm. who weren't there. Mm-hmm. And the, the amazingly small number of people that died. Mm-hmm relative to mm-hmm. what could have happened. Mm-hmm. And um, I wrote an article, which I post, which uh, I printed in the local paper. 
And it was talking about, you know, who dies and who doesn't die, you know, who, who survives the, the plane crash, who doesn't, mm-hmm. um, based on what I've learned through the many experiences that I've studied. And the funny thing was, it wasn't funny, but a year later, Oprah did a, a one year after, um, and they brought in the survivors of people who died, and they brought in some of the people who survived. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what I wrote. Wow. You know, the ones, the ones who died, they, they were ready. They knew, mm-hmm. you know, they, everything was clean. Mm-hmm. Right. And the ones who lived, they realized they needed to do something different. They were saved for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, their alarm didn't go off because they wasn't ready. Wasn't do. time. Yeah. Believe you, hundred percent, Sean. <laughs> yeah, wow. So let's talk a little bit about your beautiful book. So this is the Torn Between Two Worlds. This is the fourth book you've written in this series, yes. but different. They're on different subjects, and this one's on modern medicine and spiritual healing. Yes, I can share a little um, about that. Well, the the first three books were um, basically philosophical. Um, you know, the struggle between uh, religion and science um, and trying to find a middle way, you know, between both of them as, as, as I have. And then the, the struggle between rhetoric and, and wisdom mm-hmm. and how do you find wisdom um, and avoid the, the rhetoric that mm-hmm. is so prevalent in today's society. Uh, and the third one was the, the struggle between the material world and the spiritual world. Um, but but these were all, you know, philosophical, essentially. Um, having worked with with people on Quora, I it was them who um, encouraged me to write a self help book, mm-hmm. um, which was way outside of my comfort zone, um, really. Although I've been, I've been through spiritual training by uh, two different spiritual healers. I've done, you know, I understand all of the pieces, but I've never used it for anybody other than my immediate family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I have uh, in my family people who were diagnosed with uh, ADHD and put on medication with anxiety and put on medication at the age of 12 and, you know, and none of that ever worked. And in the end, what they did was, was really a um, spiritual awakening, which helped them to overcome what, mm-hmm. what they're originally being treated for. So, you know, this is, um, this is the topic of the book. I mean, the, the first half of the book is about, you know, defining the various um, ailments that you can have spiritually, kind of what I've talked about a, a little bit before. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second half of the book is about uh, the various healings that you can use, all natural, all uh, um 
some rich ritualistic, but um, you know, all, all with a lot of research. And basically, you know, I've taken the life works of of many many people um, and put it together in a useful handwork, mm-hmm. um, and all in the um, in memory of Dr. Edward Bach, if you know who he is. He, his little book that he wrote was called Heal Thyself, little tiny book. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is about. It's, 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 you know, you know more about yourself than anybody else will ever know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the best thing I can do as a, as a writer or as a doctor is help you give you the tools you need to, to heal yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that, that's what, that's what the spirit of this book is about. Now, in, in some cases, you know, some of these severe um, schizophrenic cases or uh, suicide type of cases, they need help from the outside. Mm-hmm. And so I give tools to, to the people around such people that they can help. Um, not necessarily intervene, but just help guide uh, and bring bring positive energy to a place where, of darkness. Well, sounds like a much needed book, Sean. And I really appreciate you coming on today and sharing with myself and my guests and my listeners and YouTube listeners because this is a really big subject and a topic that right now is just timely for all that we're experiencing and all the negativity and the energy and the confusion that's going along around the whole planet. So I thank you so much for coming on and share with everyone how they can get a hold of you. Well, you can uh, find me on, on Quora, um, just Sean Murphy. I created the spaces on Quora called uh, one is this, the spiritual world. Um, which is one of the largest spaces. I'm a big contributor to the space called the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you can reach me on my website, which is just torn between two worlds, all written together.com. Um, and, uh, you know, f- feel free to reach out to me because the, the gift that I seem to have is there's nothing that you can say to me that I will, I will laugh at. Um, I, I have a affinity for misunderstood people. Um, and I have to admit that the greatest joys I've, I've had was when people told me, you're the only person who's ever listened to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big, big problem in, in raising children. Um, because a lot of parents, they project them an image on their child, but they really don't listen to their children. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's a, a part of my book is, is raising spiritual children. Oh, beautiful. And I'll have all those links in the show notes. So if any of you listeners, watchers want to connect with Sean, please do. So again, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing. Thank you so much, Teresa. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too.
Thank you so much for watching another episode of Enthusiastically Spiritual. Wow, was that deep? Was that profound? And Sean is on an amazing mission to share with people out there like you how important it is to understand about the energy that we're all being affected by, having to walk through, having to be experienced with. So there's a lot going on in the world that of the unseen that a lot of us don't recognize. So I hope you do check out his book. And again, check it out in the show notes. I'll have all the links to meet Sean and to find his information. So um, if you've not subscribed to this ep- to this podcast, please make sure you do or the YouTube um the YouTube channel, make sure that you hit subscribe, like, and please share freely with other people that you know that may want to hear the important information and the important messages that come through each and every episode. Also, if you'd like to support this podcast, please look in the show notes and you will find support this show. And I would appreciate any support that you can give me and this beautiful show. So until next week, just remember that life is too short to not be enthusiastic about your unique journey. Believe it or not, when you arrived back for another life, you were enthusiastic to be here. If you've lost that enthusiastic feeling, well, there's a way to reawaken it. It's by embracing a bigger spiritual picture of your life as a soul and igniting the feeling of spiritual freedom within. So if you are ready and needing some more enthusiastic mojo for your life, follow the link in the show notes where you can access a free video series created by the Wayshowers College and start recapturing the enthusiasm you have within for your unique journey.